So today we're talking to Dr. Thomas Lewis. Dr. Lewis is a medical researcher and scientist. He is founder of Health Revival Partners, and he's also a principal with us here at Good Medicine Choice Network. Um, Dr. Lewis and his team put together a diagnostic protocol called Four Dimensions of Health, which they utilize to measure risks and other determinants of chronic disease. And they've also recently published a paper on cytokine storms as it relates to COVID-19 and these risk factors. So good afternoon, Dr. Lewis, how are you? Hi, Karen, I'm well today, how are you doing? Good. So we wanted to talk a bit today about um, the research that you've done related to health risk assessments and cytokine storms, um, in particular, how those assessments are being used to classify the need for different levels of care for people with COVID-19. thought you could tell me a bit about that paper and what your findings are. You know, the, the foundation of that paper is that people who die from COVID-19 or have very severe symptoms have what's called a cytokine storm. And a cytokine storm is nothing more than your immune system in a last ditch effort trying to keep you alive. So what these cytokine storm markers are being used for is to risk stratify COVID-19 patients in hospitals. So for example, Harvard Medical School teaching hospitals are using these markers. But in our opinion, our paper is all about we should be measuring where you are in a continuum. I mean, there are some people that have no symptoms from COVID-19 and there are some people that die, okay? That establishes a continuum. And what your cytokine status is kind of determines how resilient you are or how vulnerable you are uh, to dying from disease. So, you know, you can get tested with PCR antibodies, they're fine for letting people know if you've had it and how contagious you might be, but it does nothing to help you figure out how to survive COVID-19 or for that matter, any other pandemic coming down the line or even from cardiovascular disease. So we believe our test is superior to a lot of these other tests that are going on. It, they've said a lot that people with chronic conditions are more likely to die from this disease, certainly uh, to have the most, um, the highest risk of, um, being on ventilation, et cetera. What is the difference between chronic conditions and these uh, physiological markers that you're speaking about? That, that's a great question. You know, you hear, you hear a diagnosis of cardiovascular disease. And cardiovascular disease, people with that have the highest mortality from COVID-19, 1,200% higher than people who are healthy. But I can tell you today, there'll be a 50-year-old who's gonna die of cardiovascular disease. And there's also a 50-year-old who's gonna live to 90. The difference is measuring their physiological health and risk factors they have in their life that will perpetuate poor physiological health. So this is what we should be measuring, not PCR, not antibodies. It, from a personal perspective, am I gonna get severe symptoms or am I gonna die? And your resilience, how full your bucket is towards uh, susceptibility to these diseases is, is most paramount. But it just shows you the connectivity between something like COVID-19 and cardiovascular disease. If you're really bad on the cardiovascular spectrum, you're gonna die from COVID-19. That is That just shows you that the risk factors and the determinants underlying these two conditions have to overlap. And it's all based on your immune or physiological health. It's, it's that simple. So the more you can improve that, the more resilient you're gonna to be towards this virus, other viruses, infection, uh, diseases that we classify. So cardiovascular disease, that's a human-made term. It's really the underlying physiology that determines 
whether your heart's going to stop or or your blood vessel's going to burst, for example. What is the relationship or what is the process of a cytokine storm and how is it related to inflammation? Yeah, it, it's so simple. We call inflammation a bad thing. You know, you bang your toe and you're in pain and you're inflamed, but it's the inflammation that's solving, that's helping re restore that damaged tissue. So a, a cytokine storm is just simply a measure of inflammation and inflammation is a measure of how much your immune system is working for you. We have an innate and adaptive immune system. Innate is immediate response. Adaptive, when you have a cold, it takes the immune system a little while to build antibodies against that pathogen, that insult. So no matter where you are, even in a cytokine storm, inflammation in your immune system is a treasure. It's just that you were overwhelmed by something your immune system didn't have the capability of handling. But it's all about bandwidth. People that already are fighting disease, and that's why Harvard Medical School tests, tests what, they, what are called viral serologies to see what your baseline viral burden is never mind COVID-19 or the SARS-CoV-2, because they know if your burden is already up here and this virus comes in, it's gonna push you over the top, whereas someone who has a very low burden is probably gonna do very well against the disease. Do you think that, um, you'd mentioned that there's a difference between the way that patients are being risk stratified, meaning how they're being looked at by the healthcare system to see what their need base might be related to being in critical care, related to needing ventilation, et cetera. How is that different from what you've seen in, in past, you know, viruses or diseases um, and how that the healthcare system is classifying those patients? Well, I think it's important to note that when this virus struck in China, um, the doctors in Wuhan ran a very robust panel of labs and some of them were highly elevated, and that's how they figured out what's going on physiologically. And Harvard Medical School and any number of, of hospitals that are doing triage on patients are now using that panel to try to risk gratify and characterize the risk of these patients, determine who's gonna die and who could potentially survive. Very important in hospital. But in America, we for so long have done a very narrow set of biomarkers when you go in for your basic physical, your annual exam, where you know, we're fixated on the lipids, we do the A1C, and a little chemistry panel looking at liver and, and kidney function. But what this is showing us is, is two very important things. The labs we're doing in America to routinely to measure someone's health are not adequate. And number two, that COVID-19 labs are overlapping into diabetes, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and an array of other diseases because these are the people who are dying, the ones with these pre-existing conditions. So therefore, their bucket is already partially full with this inflammation that's being measured, which we're not unfortunately routinely measuring. Homocysteine, for example, very few docs are measuring homocysteine, C-reactive protein, fibrinogen, a clotting factor. We're very seldom, very few patients out in America are being measured for fibrinogen. It's not an expensive test, but it's extremely important. And are you hopeful that this might be an impetus to continue um, in traditional medicine to work along this path as opposed to falling back into high cholesterol, low cholesterol, yeah. you know. What one can really hope, but you know, the coding system, the insurance, you know, doctors don't really control medicine anymore. They have to play by the code book. So, you know, that's why practitioners like myself and Dr. Artemanoff 
offer to people a much broader array of testing um, at very low cost, by the way, but it is a cash basis because the insurance companies just aren't covering, particularly in prevention or just risk screening. The tests that Harvard Medical School are doing to risk gratify COVID-19 patients, you walking into a clinic anywhere in the country cannot get covered by insurance ever. You know, just not going to happen, sadly. Had you read that um, men are more likely to die? I understand it's like they're twice as likely to die from COVID-19. Well, you know, in, in general, man, woman, child, physiological health makes a difference. Men on average live six or seven years shorter lifespan compared to women. And that just says that, you know, as, as men age faster for whatever reason. So that means their physiological health, probably along their entire lifetime, is not as good as that of women. You know, it could be hormonal uh, differences or you know, any number of factors, stress, you know, we, we, we have similar but different paths. So I'm sure there's commonalities that are tied back, but it's measurable. At the end of the day, measuring physiological health should not be a mystery. What is your advice to somebody who's concerned about their immune health, concerned about how they can hold up to um, conditions such as this or other diseases that um, are oriented? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's very straightforward because if you go to the American Cancer Society, diabetes, heart disease, Alzheimer's, they're all talking about the same risk factors. So that just shows you even the societies agree, even though they're separate, that they understand that basic health is basic health and it's nutrition. I hate to say it, it's something as sublime and simple as nutrition, but it is. But we have to look at nutrition two ways. Calories in one bucket and repair and recovery from nutrients in the other bucket. And I would argue that the repair and recovery through nutrients is more important than the calories. Yeah, we need calories, but we store fat. We can survive for quite a while without that, but we need to repair and recover all the time. So if you're eating fast food, packaged food, Going out to box store restaurants, these are businesses, you're not getting high nutrient density. So there's two ways to go. You can either really, you know, up your game when it comes to the foods you're eating, or you can supplement. And what does a supplement mean? It's supplementing not calories, it's supplementing nutrients. It's upping your nutrient density. So in theory, and it's well proven now, that it's really improving the ability of your body to repair and recover. And, and when you repair and recover, if you can outstrip wear and tear, deterioration and aging, then you can live a, a long, healthy life into your 70s, 80s, 90s. My mother way into her 90s. My great grandmother lived to be 94. So, you know, uh, and healthy all the way through to the end. So that's what we're trying to, trying to achieve with good nutrition, supplementing strategically to boost repair and recovery. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks, Karen.